Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Portadown Preview Show. Before I introduce my guests, I'm going to mix it up this week before I forget and say if you could like and subscribe to the We Are Ports TV YouTube channel and check it out on Spotify, that would be greatly appreciated. But as always, I am joined by the champ that runs the camp, Dave Wiggins. Dave, how are you? Not bad. I like that. The champ that runs the camp. That'll never be said again. It's too embarrassing, but there you go. I'm doing really well. And before I forget, as soon as Saturday's match was finished, Jacob Carney was shouting up from the bottom of the stand. He was licking 50 quid off you. So there you go. I don't know if that's technically tapping him up, but you owe him 50 quid. So <laughs> Here, listen, motivational speaker. Get me in the dressing room every week. We'll win, yeah. a, we'll win a few games. Um, we're delighted to be joined today once again by... Local football broadcaster, Michael Clark. Michael, thanks very much for joining us again on the show. How are you keeping? I'm doing very well. Even better now that I know the guests are being paid. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, and this is your second time on, so... I'll only ask for one fee, honestly. <laughs> well, listen, Neil, Neil's the man who holds the purse strings, so you can text him after. <laughs> Here, well, listen, this is actually a first for this season. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. But on this show, for the first time this season, we're going to be talking about not one, but two Portadown victories. Oh. So it's, it's been a very good week for um, all Portadown fans. So we may get stuck right into it. First up, Carrick Rangers on Saturday Pass there. I was absolutely delighted. Dave, I'm sure you, sure you were too. What do you make of it? 2-0 win at home at Shamrock Park? I never thought... A victory against Carrick Rangers. No disrespect to them. They are former Irish Cup winners 40 years ago, but I never thought a victory against them would taste so sweet. It has to be said, I just, you know, it just felt really nice and it felt really good and it was a flipping long time coming, it has to be fair. Um, You know, they haven't beaten us at Shamrock Park loads over the years, but we just seem to always play them at Taylor's Avenue or whatever you call it now. And just have it over us. So it was, it was smashing to come away with three points and a clean sheet. And um, it just, yeah, it felt really good. We we deserved it. Um, yeah, I was on commentary for that game for the live stream, and Peter McCann was with me too, former Portadown League and Cup winner. And it was just a great day, and uh, a bit of nostalgia is always good as well. Having a former player there, but. I suppose before the match, I had tipped Keelan Lochran as Carrick's danger man against us. And probably for me, the most pivotal moment that happened was he got an early booking. And that actually kept him quiet. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't, well, when the referee booked him, he was in his face, obviously. But after that, he was kind of quiet. Um, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't harassing players and getting stuck into them as much. So I think that was an important moment of the game just to keep him quiet. Um, but all over the pitch, we worked really hard. Scored two goals. Um, ben Tilney's free, was, free kick was obviously a bit of quality and Lee Bonus getting a goal at the end. And it was the first victory I'd ever commentated on, Michael. There you go. Oh, what a moment for you. So you, <laughs> no wonder you're so happy. I know, couldn't believe it. I've even clipped, clipped the commentary of the goal and fired it out all over social media because I enjoyed it so much. Well, the good thing for you is, you know, that moment, at least you're in like an adult man, being able to listen back to that and your voice won't change. My early commentaries, I'm in my early 20s and uh, my voice is a little different now. I was a bit squeakier then. <laughs> I thought you started when you were 14 or 15. 
Oh yeah, no, started doing radio shows. You don't. I've burned those tapes. Believe oh, me, yeah. <laughs> those records. I tapes cassettes. Yeah. All. Like, well, they are. Perfect. They were recorded on a hi-fi in the house. I, I, the first one of my first ever radio shows. My dad had recorded, and I came in and he'd he played it back in the house, and um, I'd got in late, quite late at night because it was a Monday evening, I think, and they. I was like, who is that? <laughs> like, that's what you sound like. And I went, oh, for the love of God, however, they let me do radio show the last couple of hours. But yeah, practice makes perfect. But uh, well, obviously, as a Carrick Rangers fan, I'm not delighted um, by the result, if I can be biased on this uh, program. But uh, I'm happy for you that you've had your moment. <laughs> uh, you're, you're a gentleman, as always. And uh, what do you call Carrick's coach there, Clifford? Uh, uh, Adams. Clifford Adams, I happened to be walking past him about half five and I let out a bit of a you and turned around and him and a couple of players were behind me. I was like, lads, that wasn't at you. That was just a bit of relief coming out of me. It's, I said, you know, 2-0 victory, brilliant. And Clifford said, well, it wasn't for the good of this lovely football I keep hearing about. And I, started, I just giggled and thought, hey, you know, we're used to playing well against Linfield and playing well against Coleraine and getting narrowly beaten, so to just get stuck in and battle and work really hard and come away with three points in the clean sheet was was all that really mattered to me on Saturday. Plus, I won the Eden Reds Grand National Sweepstake, which was 100 quid, so that was nice as well. It was a good day all round, Neil. He's done all right. There, there might be a fee at the end of this by the signs of it. He's loaded now. Oh, should have kept that quiet. Here you've got the, your Porter Down mug there. Have you have you invested in the, the latest Porter Down coffee granules? That's not all I'm doing around today. Not no? yet. Are they our official sponsors? I saw I don't know. I saw on our Twitter and then the we I mean the po- I mean our podcast's official sponsors. Oh sorry, I thought you meant you didn't even know about it. Um no, yeah, I saw it's, not it, bad, yeah. it's not a bad shout. Oh but I don't like tear coffee. Sorry. Well just just while we're on that, um we are ports have been voting over the last week for we're getting a revamp of the social club at Shamrock Park, uh, Michael. So um, the bar has been moved to like a proper bar location up the side and we're getting nice bar stools all around and it's getting a whole refurb. Um, so we are ports have just passed a vote to spend three thousand pounds on that refurb. So that's going to include a massive 85 inch flat screen TV, um, draft beer pumps for the first time in a long time. Um, a bit of refurbishment, but also a lovely coffee machine for those people who maybe, just to make it more inclusive for everybody who maybe doesn't go in on Saturday for a beer. But um, so the Porter Down coffee granules, is it, what do you call those, beans? Are they going to be beans or granules? I don't know. By the looks of it, you're the coffee expert, not me. Like so, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life, so I haven't a clue. <laughs> Have I met the only two people in the world that don't drink coffee? Maybe. Does Neil not drink coffee? No. No, I don't drink tea or coffee. No. He doesn't. I, I, like a lot of people in my line of work, pretty much live on it. I should drink more water, but no coffee. Coffee's very good. There's plenty of water in coffee, though, so it's all good. Well, that, I'll, yeah, I'll tell myself that. I'll t- I'm going to tell you a very quick story, totally off the point, but my dad, Rodney Wiggins, long-term Porter Down fan. All right, Rod, he doesn't listen to this. He doesn't know how to listen to a podcast. <laughs> but about, now he's 71, and about three months ago, I know him to not, he doesn't drink alcohol, he doesn't drink tea, he doesn't drink coffee, he only drinks Diet Coke. And about three months ago, he said to me, I was walking out of town the other day, and I stopped at that ground, and myself a coffee it was nice it was nice 
So after 71 years of life, that man now every couple of days walking home from town gets himself a wee cup of coffee and he just wants to be included in social scenes where people are drinking coffee. So there you go. Love that. I, I sort of like to think by this time next year, he'll have like a man bun as well and he'll just kind of Benjamin button it. <laughs> yeah, two, two people I know who still have a man bun, Gareth Hanna, Keelan Lochran. <laughs> there you go. I'm not saying anything more about it. <laughs> are we here are we here to talk about Portadown or are we here to talk about coffee <laughs> you're, you're the host you crack on um, no listen I agree with entirely what you said there about Carrick um, it actually felt like a weight off the shoulders to be honest because Carrick have had you know the monkey on us here for quite a while like, and I think it was a big win as well because obviously we'll, we'll touch on the Dungannon game as well Like, but going into those two games against two rivals you know down at the bottom of the league and um it was imperative like if you got six points it really did put you in a good position put you in good stead you know going forward and we've talked about it before Portadown have went and played well against the likes of Linfield, Corian, Lauren or whatnot and um, but we've came up short against the likes of Carrick and Warren Point and to be honest those are the games that need to be winning whereas Carrick have been doing better against the likes of Portadown you know they've beaten us twice this season so it was good to make a statement and, you know, to, to put a bit of distance between us and them. Um, uh, but it, it did feel like, it, it felt like a massive win, to be honest. I know there's no relegation, but you don't want to be finishing the bottom two. And it really did feel like a massive win. And I'm going to be honest, I was absolutely buzzing on Saturday. I really, really was. It's the amount of shit part of my language I have taken this season and over the last few years it just sort of felt like an, an F you to them <laughs> so Did you just put on your put it down top and just go for a walk around Carrick Fergus just like <laughs> strolling with your chest out that's what I do all the time anyway here I know you were saying there about um, having Peter McCann on the show uh, or sorry on commentary on Saturday there and he was a league and cup winner reported down can you guess Whose shirt this belongs to? Also, a league and cup winner as part of that team. Wesley Boyle. Close, but no cigar. Uh, Mark McCann. No. Darren Kelly, hundred percent. Your favorite, your favorite man, Darren Kelly. You were, you were one number off it on the yeah. other side. Mickey Collins, what a man! What a man! Yeah. So I just like thought, it. you know, it's one of my favorite ever shirts. One of my favourite ever players. I thought oh, such a, for such a monumental show this time with two wins, I get a good shirt on. Michael, by the, way, by the way, Neil, sorry. On Saturday, I think we had our first choice centre backs on the pitch together for the first time possibly since Christmas, but definitely for a long time. So um, I think that really helped as well. You know, very solid we were. But yeah, but in, even then, you know, you're still talking. Greg Hall's having to play out of position. Oh, yeah, and and so with. Technically, it's still not our first first defence in a sense, but they, they all played brilliantly well. Listen, keeping the clean sheets, obviously a solid base to get yourself three points. Michael, um, what what did you make of Saturday then? Like like we said, there's no relegation. I think it was a big statement from Portadown, and it, it was one that was really needed, to be honest. Yeah, I think, you know, if you actually look at both games, the fact that you've come away with three goals, three different scores, you haven't conceded Back-to-back wins, there's lots to be happy about. And, the, you know, the win over Dungannon was uh, Matthew Tipton's 50th victory as Portadown manager. So, a uh, nice little number for him to get there. So, like, 
I think the Carrick game on its own, you know, sets you up nicely going into the next one. And one nil on paper maybe doesn't look like a, you know, a resounding win or anything like that. But at this stage in the season, it hardly matters. And at least now you can be looking at knocking on the door for ninth in the table, which, you know, some people might say is a bit ambitious, but why not? It's only a few points between yourselves and Warren Point Town. Whereas had you have lost against Carrick, you'd be looking up at them as well. So, it's all those sorts of things. I, I know how much it means to you know the people at the club, anyone I've spoken to, including yourselves. You don't want anyone to turn around and go, ah, you'd have been in a relegation playoff or you'd have been relegated automatically in normal circumstances. You want to be able to say, well, actually, no, on merit, we avoided that. And those wins put you in a position to be able to do that, You know, just ahead of the split. So they were vital. They were really vital for your season. If you lose one or both of those games, this isn't a very cheery episode for you or anybody watching or listening. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, the Dungannon victory on Tuesday night was so important. Um, you know, you can win one-off games, but to to put two victories together is a platform for moving forward, really, and it, it shows progress. Um, I have to say, by the end of, well, by about an hour into the Dungannon match, our players did look absolutely exhausted, you know, Um I know players love playing football matches rather than training, but it takes it out of you to be working every day and come out and play a match and leave all on the pitch, which is what our players have to do to get a result. Um, Dungannon moved the ball very well on Tuesday night, you know, and we sort of we sat back and let them play a little bit, but they're just they're moving the ball so quickly and, and they actually had a very young team on on Tuesday night. You know, Carville didn't start and Mays didn't start. Um, so they were very young and energetic, it has to be said. But um, I, I still felt in the first half we were all over them. We had chances. Roy Carroll pulled off a couple of saves. One, which was, you know, we everybody just thought, you know, bonus. It's a side foot into the corner. And somehow Roy reaches that big, long right arm and just gathers it in. Mind you, when he did dive for it, it took him about five minutes to get up the gr- off the ground afterwards. So he was showing his age in that regard. But fair play to him. And he was talking those young lads through that game, and he he was fair to them, but he was giving them grief when they weren't when they weren't putting the effort in and they weren't coming back. But they moved it really well. Um, I thought we worked really hard in the first half, and then in the second half, obviously two minutes into it, um, Adam Sally had worked really hard in the first half, but maybe had just made a few wrong decisions. You know, two minutes into the half, he curls one into the top corner and leaves Roy Carroll standing looking at it. Um, I'm reluctant to say we then hung on for 40 minutes but it kind of felt like that a wee bit you know the energy was down and Dungannon were pushing but we also still did have a couple of chances um, we definitely had a shout for a penalty that I think was clear cut and you know we George Tipton had got, got a knock Sam Ward had got a knock Paul Finnegan had got a heavy tackle that I feel probably was a red card rather than a yellow card and then that player who fouled him cleared one off the line. All of that was going on. Um, so, like we say, you know, we, we ground out the result and it was another three points. And like Michael just said, now we're knocking on the door of Warren Point. We're playing them next Saturday away. And instead of looking behind us, worrying about dropping into 11th, suddenly we're pushing up. And if we were to finish ninth this season, it's it's overachieving in my opinion you know we're all satisfied with 10th place that was the target probably so to push on and potentially finish ninth would be brilliant 
and we've got all those teams at home after the split, Warren Point and Gannon Carrick as well. So we're, we're hitting it at a good time, but there's definitely plenty of walking wounded in the team as well. I enjoyed your coffee pun there. Did you even realise? No. You ground out a result. <laughs> nice. This We're going to have to get this coffee company to sponsor our podcast here, Nate. Your, your podcast. Sorry, I'm only a guest. It's your podcast. Not... <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, no, I'd agree with everything you said there. I think by the end, the Portadown players were were knackered. You, you could see it. And Dungannon, obviously, you know, with their youthful exuberance as well, you know, were pushing forward and stuff. But Roy Carroll made an absolute wonder save from the start. Like, I I was literally like one one arm in the air, about to run off Selvig as Lee Bonus would have scored another goal and it would have got me more fantasy league points. <laughs> and then he saved it and I was like, Jesus Christ, how the hell did he save that? And then funny today, I was watching football countdowns and it was uh, worst refereeing decisions and Roy Carroll dropping the ball against Man- or against Spurs or Man United was on it. And I was like, he did that, but how the hell did he save Lee Bonus' shot last night? But <laughs> Well, he, he actually saved that shot because it never counted as a goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, this, this, this is true. Like, but What a fumble. Like, But... Um, no, I, I agree with everything you said there. We look like we're on our knees by the end there. And it was just it was just great to get it over the line because it's been four years since we've won two games on the spin, you know, in the in the premiership like so um that's that's a nice a nice feeling. Um Michael, what what do you make of Duncan at the minute? I, like I know obviously the league table doesn't lie, but are they there's I think they're better than people actually betray them to be. They're having to be quite brave at the moment because Dean Shields has come in and he has implemented a style of play which is particularly risky from the start, you know, because he wants them to be brave and play it from the back. And it might seem like a strange parallel, but remember, he's on the coaching team of the Northern Ireland women's side as well, along as, as dad's the manager, Kenny, and, and congratulations to them. If it could be cheeky and just, you know, say that because that is the most outrageous thing that's maybe ever happened in sport that they've qualified when it's a team of majority amateur players who have barely had access to training, let alone an opportunity to compete and for them to qualify. But you go back to their start of their group, they were playing out from the back and they played two games against Norway and got beaten 6-0 in both matches. And people were saying, why are Northern Ireland's women trying to play like that? They're going to get hammered every time they go out. That was the start of the campaign we're now looking at a Northern Ireland team that have actually qualified for the Euros. And I'm not saying Dungannon are going to win the league next season, but the point is when you start playing that style initially, if you're not used to it, you'll be on the end of some thumpings potentially and things won't go well, but gradually, and if he gets the investment, he'll be hoping for this summer, maybe start to bring in players. They will start to improve. I thought they were very good against Linfield, a Linfield team who were maybe a bit tired and didn't go fully up the gears, but Everyone that's watched Dungannon in the last few weeks has said they play really nice football, but now they need to concede less and they need to start scoring probably even more crucially than anything. They're a wee bit toothless still in their attack, but you can see little shoots of life from Dungannon, but it's probably too soon to expect much more than what we're seeing from them at the moment. It, it, it is. And uh, the jury's out for me between passing and moving in the Irish league and lumping it forward, you know, um, Michael Galt was on here the other week and he was just like, nah, it's the Irish League, just win the ball, get it forward and let, you know, and it's, it's different. It's different. And if, you know, if it, if it gets some success and they start climbing the table and heading towards, you know, halfway or trying to knock on the door of the top half, maybe a 
I think maybe more teams will be will be trying that, but it's it's so different for us to see, you know, just a team. We we all teams try and you know the goalkeeper rules it out, but we're still trying to get the ball forward and get it in the midfield and get it forward as quickly as possible. But they're, I think they're very patient and they're quite happy to move the opposition players around and look for those spaces. And like I said, because they are so young, and probably, I get the feeling Dungannon have accepted that this season is a write off for them, and they are, they're you know they're they're working on this new style of play. Uh, you know, working towards next season, presumably, um, even with the thought of some of those more senior players on the bench for 70 minutes last night, they were getting some of those young lads uh, into the team and getting them playing. You know, this sweet wee guy came on there, tealing maybe 10 minutes to go, really small kid, you know, and he went up the right wing and he bit of skill and cut one back for Mays, who, who missed the shot, but young player who was with us at one stage and just, you know, very young still and just getting those guys into the team and getting them experience, which is what, which is what Portadown are doing as well. You know, at the end of the day, Oshin Connolly was man of the match on Tuesday night and he, he was absolutely brilliant. He's strong as a bull. He's just turned 18. He, um, he's quick, he's strong. He moves with the ball. He had was a couple of... Was McGinty? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I quite like that. And you know he's he had a couple of good chances as well, but he worked really hard. So he's eighteen. George is eighteen. There's boys in there at nineteen, twenty, twenty-one as well. So teams like ourselves in Dungannon, we're building for the future, and um, both going in the right direction. I would say. Well, there's only one direction for Dungannon to go, really. But um, <laughs> uh, that that, would, that sounded like a dig, but it genuinely wasn't. But you know, for ourselves. You know, we're climbing the table and we're we're slowly moving forward. And I'm excited for a couple of seasons' time or three seasons' time to see where we can actually be with the squad of players. So things are good on and off the pitch actually at Portadown. You know, things are it's you know, it's it's just a nice time of what a difference a couple of wins makes. That's that's what I, I'm I know, but you know, we've we've done we've done there's a spring in Dave's step. Here you can see, you can tell you're absolutely buzzing. Sun's out. <laughs> Do you know what it is? You know, we've done this. We've done this whole thing for a few years, and we're there now, really. You know, and hopefully we continue going in that direction. So, yes, I'm excited. There's no shame in that, is there, Neil? No, not at all. We were talking about the future there. Uh, what awaits us in the immediate future is Cliftonville this Saturday, Michael. You're going to be at the game. You're on Comsport for BBC. <clears throat> what do you make of Cliftonville this season? Well, they're a lot harder to face now than what they were a few months ago. You look at their form on beating in the last six matches. Since they were beaten by Linfield, they've gone on a good run of games. Wins against Glenavon, Coleraine, Warren Point Town, Dungannon. Uh, draws on the road to Lauren and Crusaders. So, you know, we know they're no mugs, but their confidence is a lot higher. Their performances have been uh, much improved in recent weeks. And Michael McCrudden, who I know he got a hat-trick, in uh, the 5-0 win at Solitude over yourselves before Christmas. But, you know, he's in a really rich vein of form. He's six goals in his last three games. So it's not exactly if you were to pick a time to play Cliftonville, I don't think this necessarily is the time. However, you did draw with them in February, so it shows that you can take points off them. Yeah. 
when you look at the form table there on the on the wee app that I have on the phone, you can look at the last five matches and the last ten matches. So over the last five matches on form, Cliff and Fuller top of the league. Yeah. Over the last ten matches, they're just in behind Linfield there. So they're yeah, they're going really well. I would just play the under twenties and um, yeah, don't worry about it. Just wait for the Warren Point match don't, because don't say that because it's far harder for me to prepare for a match where you're playing. Yeah. On- <laughs> <laughs> we should def we should definitely do that then and, and let you work a wee bit harder, Michael. Yeah, just like kids from a local primary school, even. <laughs> yeah. Do you know because well, listen, we'll play really well, we'll work really hard, and probably get beaten two one. But there you go. It's your saying there about McCrudden, Michael. Um. I, I, I'm not sure if you used to playing it, but the Fantasy League, right? I know I'm harking back to this Fantasy League, but I've actually shot up to second place in the whole league. And I actually which have... One, which one are you talking about now? It's the one that, that, that do the updates on the Twitter every week. It's, oh, it's yes, like Fantasy no. Irish League. And I've shot up to second place in the overall league in the in the past few weeks. It just went up and up and up. And it, I actually picked McCrudden. Um, in January, you've got one transfer window, and it was like I weighed it up and was like, Will I go for McCrudden or will I go for Curran? And I couldn't make my mind up, and I went McCrudden. And then there was he didn't score for ages and ages and ages. And I was like, Jesus, like I wish I hadn't picked him. And then he scored like six goals in the last few weeks, and, I, and he's getting man of the match every week. And I've just went bang, 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 bang. Obviously, helped with Lee Bonus scoring as well, like plenty of goals, but and he's you... on fire. I'm, 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 but I'm hoping this, I'm hoping in this week he. He doesn't score, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he, they are on fire. He had to step up, didn't he? Because, um, you know, they've they've had a couple of injuries and things and they've had to kind of change the team around a bit. And, you know, he, he got a run of games. And then, you know, hat-trick and a brace within, what was that, three days he got those mm-hmm. goals. And then he, he goes out and gets a goal in his last match as well. Confidence, so, isn't it? Confidence, confidence is up. And... And, like, he, he'd gone a period last season without scoring and then he scored down at Dungannon in the cup game and everyone thought that was going to be the run for him and it was just before the season got you know brought to a halt so he was a wee bit unlucky there but when his confidence is high and it is at the moment um, he's, a, he's a very good player he's 10 goals now in the campaign and Ryan Curran uh, has, has 13 so you know I'm not giving away any trade secrets here you know they're going to be very dangerous players and it's going to be if you can contain them but um you know, you were able to, to get a dramatic equaliser the last time you played them. I'm sure you'd probably bite my hand up off if I offered you that now. Absolutely. Have either of you looked at the Sunday Life Dream team recently? There's lots of familiar faces in there. Patrick Van Dort, the former Portadown Times sports editor and newsletter deputy editor for sport, I think. He's sitting top of the pile. Like. And uh, our kit man, Jason Hall, he's maybe about 12th on that as well. So there's a few boys knocking about who know their players now. Very good. I wish I had entered that one as well, but unfortunately, some, I didn't. some crack, some crack. If Paddy Van Dort wins it, because the prize is two grand, so he'd be like taking two grand off his direct competitors in the newspaper world. Let's say, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that because there was a little like thing there where Neil was kind of quietly thinking, "I know more about football than him." Like I could just sense <laughs> who's top. No, yeah. no, it, he's got it now. Yeah, it's, it's because in the Irish League Fantasy Football this year, I'm actually flying. But yeah, in the English Premier League, um, I'm having an absolute mare. Like, shocking. But sure, what can you do? Like, well, um, uh, Portadown's last home win against Cliftonville. There's a quiz question for you. I'll have, I just asked Johnny Dunlop, who does our Twitter, if I'm even preparing for commentary. I'm just like texting Johnny, asking him, 
who, how many go, who scored the most goals? When's the last time we did this? When's the last time we did that? So it'll be going back a fair few years because Portadown's record against Cliftonville in the last few years has been atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I remember them. I remember beating them at home. Uh, the season we were in the championship and won the league cup was to beat them in the league cup quarterfinal. Sorry, it wasn't. It was the game before the quarterfinal. I'll go yeah. for I'll go for a league league home win. Just uh, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna say 2000 and the, the two yeah the the 2011-12 season. 2011 is the answer because it was uh, it was February 2011, so wrong season but right year, so I'll still give you the points on that. 2-1, goals from Alan Colley and Kevin Braniff. I, I honestly, I thought you were just throwing that question out, but you have the answer, which is unbelievable. Yeah, I looked it up. I looked it up to come on this because I, I was very mindful. I haven't finished my commentary notes yet for the game, so I was like, Let, let's make sure I know something when I come <laughs> onto their podcast to talk about the match. Who was it? Alan Colley and who? Kevin Braniff. Very good. So uh, there you go. Ten ten years ago under Ronnie, of course, and uh, at Shamrock Park. So your last league home win. Ten years, so you never know. Brilliant. Yeah. Going back a while. Mm. Beating them once a decade at home would be dead on. The the one that stands out for me was we had to beat them in the last game of the season and I don't know, 96 or 2002 or whatever, and Cliftonville scored first and their players celebrated like this. (laughs) <laughs> because the whole thing was the trophy was going to get delivered by a helicopter. So they were basically, and then I think we beat them 2 or 3 1 after that. Not sure. Somebody tell it was, me it was 96 it was, or 2002. It was 2002 and we won 3 1. Vinny scored, Gary Hamilton scored, and Colin Feeney scored. I'm always impressed by the statisticians. It's unbelievable. Brilliant. <laughs> that That's the game that you put the picture up the other week of me standing beside Gary Hamilton. Oh, yeah. That's right. You haven't changed either, so. <laughs> well, here, listen, here's hoping for three points before the line on Saturday. Obviously, then next Tuesday we have another difficult game. Um, we we have the visit of Lorne again. It, it feels like yesterday they're only down. Like it's, the games are coming thick and fast. It, it's as funny as listening to Tippy's post-match interview, and he was like five defeats on the bounce, but we've only it's it's only over been over the last couple of weeks. They're coming that that thick and fast, so. With Lauren down last week, they beat us 2-1. Um, obviously, the, the strike from Hale you know, won it in the end. And uh, it'll be another difficult game next week. Um, I feel like we've, we've, we've I feel like we asked this before, Mike. Oh, what do you make of Lauren this season? I think we actually actually asked you the exact same question the last time you're on. Yeah, and look, they've fallen short in the title race, and they've been quite disappointed. And they definitely looked like a team that had lost a little bit of their confidence, and probably once you start to realise the title's further and further away. It's kind of hard to maybe pick yourself back up again. And they got, you know, I feel like they could look at their season and say they were unlucky with when games were called off and things like that because they were on such a good run. And all of a sudden it just, you know, they didn't hit the self-destruct button, but something clearly veered off to the left a little bit, didn't it, you know? So Mm -hmm. uh, it's been frustrating for them and they've had a, a few... Uh, results that they're going to be really disappointed with looking back and it's the season as you know what might have been they're still in a strong position to try and qualify automatically for Europe and that you know they could finish the season saying well we've won the Irish Cup the County Antrim Shield and uh, who's going to knock them if they were able to do that for example given you know any any Lauren fans watching this to see what you think about them how long Lauren had to wait for some senior silverware 
So the idea that there's still, you know, something tangible there just out in front of them that they could grab a hold of, you know, they shouldn't be discounted. And um, yeah, you'll be uh, you'll be sick of coming up against the heels. <laughs> you're here. You forgot to say in the list of accomplishments there that they were the Christmas champions. Don't forget that, man. Oh, here he's stirring the pot. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> Listen, this is factual. This is put up. I'm just stating facts here, Rick. <laughs> There's the only thing worse than Christmas champions is stats that are over a calendar year. The leading goal scorer of this calendar year or the most points over this calendar year. I hate that. That's terrible. Or, actually, I, or don't, forget, don't forget a certain club over in England saying that they had won the league and the Champions League at the same time, even though it was over two different seasons. <laughs> Listen, we're not here. We're not here to talk about English football. We're here to slag Lauren. So yes, <laughs> whatever. Listen, but you know, I think when when the Lauren Lauren football club as a whole look back, you know, to be to be promoted and be where they are after a couple of seasons is, you know, we'd all take it. Really, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I suppose we like to have a dig at them because it was so much money spent, and money helps. But there's an awful lot else has to click as well for for things to happen. And well, there's six points behind Corian, remember, and they've got a game in hand. So you know we're we're talking about them as if they're a million miles off. There's still quite a few games to go. So yeah. who knows? And and Corian play Glentoran again this weekend. Mm-hmm. So Lauren will be hoping probably for a draw there to to try and make more ground than them. They're four points behind Glentoran, haven't played you know the same amount of games. They've both played thirty matches. So. It's funny, you know, and Matthew Tipton's point about the, you know, the losing run, and you go, it's only actually been a couple of weeks where things haven't gone our way, because the fixtures are so kind of on top of each other. We get very carried away about a, a good or a bad week for teams that are either incredible or awful. And really, the truth is probably there's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. It's true. We're fickle yeah, football fans. I agree, but at the same time, <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm not having it. Um, I'm sorry, not when it comes to Lauren. Lauren should be challenging at the top of the league and they are miles off. Uh, and Michael Galt was on the show here the other week and he said the exact same thing with the money spent and everything that's been said. This was their chance and I, they're, they're, they're nowhere near them. Phil. Nowhere near them. And to me, oh, I don't buy into this nonsense that they're happy to get top six. Not having it because rest assured, if anybody else had spent that kind of money and they weren't challenging for the league, there'd be serious questions being asked. So sorry, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not buying it. <laughs> no, I imagine they'll be satisfied with European money this season. You know that'll be. I uh, but that's if they get Europe, they get the European places. And to be honest, I I wouldn't bet on them getting Europe. I really wouldn't. And if they don't, I think that's a massive disappointment for Lauren. And I'm not just saying that like to have a, a dig. I genuinely believe that if they do not get top six, or sorry, if they do not get European football, I think their season's a failure. And I don't care that they won the kidnap machine because if I turn around and said Portadown won the Mid Ulster Cup or Corian won the Northwest Cup, people would be like, "I'm what?" You see the way at the very start of this, you said you should be the one giving the team talk. I think you just have for Lauren. Look, he's away. He's away. He's had enough. He's Happy had enough. Fun. <laughs> Sorry, I had a my. I got a call there from Kirsty. <laughs> your dinner is your dinner ready? 
no, I don't know what's happening there. I told her, she's out. I told her, whatever you do, don't come in and interrupt me and do this. So she decides to phone me instead. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Um, um, so, Lauren, uh, listen, anything could happen, I think, at Shamrock Park against Lauren. You know, I, I could see us getting a win. I could see Lauren beating us. I'd be happy with the draw. You know, they're, they're, like Michael's saying, they're still a good side. They're knocking on the door at the top few places there. And team full of quality and full of players and very expensive wages, um, which didn't cost them anything. But uh, there you go. And if you believe that, you'd believe anything. <laughs> but listen, it's um, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting because, you know, we've... We've beaten Carrick convincingly. We've we've got a good win over Dungannon. So to be playing back playing, you know, top six teams again, Cliftonville and Lauren, both at home and at home, you know, at Shamrock Park, anything can happen. Teams coming away from, you know, Lauren coming away from the place that they're used to training on, Cliftonville coming away from the place that they're used to training on and playing on. It's different for them. So anything can happen on the day. And with our defence and great, great form, you know, in the last couple of matches, what what Jacob Carney ha- had to do, he did well, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of blocks from defenders and there's a lot of cutting out attacks before it even gets that far. So it'll be interesting to see if we can probably step it up another notch from playing against Carrick and Dungan to compete with those two teams. Um, and obviously players are tired and there's injuries and all that kind of stuff as well to contend with. So uh, Matthew and David and the others will have some decisions to make for these couple of matches because the last match before the split after that is worn point away, which is probably more important than these two matches. So, Yeah, no, I, listen, I know we're saying all that stuff about Lauren. Obviously on their day, they're a very good side, but... I think even the two each at Inver Park show that Lauren can be got at. Um, I think they can sort of be, what's the word? They can plot their own downfall because they play good football and possession football, but then they have a wee chink in the armour that they'll maybe take their eye off the ball and make the odd mistake and then yeah. teams can get at them. And That's that happened and the last time. Yeah, um, and I think, with, I think with Lee Bonus, we are set up to feed on defensive scraps and mistakes as well. So hopefully that might play into your hands, yeah. I'm I'm on the He's commentary. Against him, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he has. Yeah, um, Tuesday night that is. That's uh, I'm on commentary. Mark Beatty has kindly offered me commentary that night, so I'll be with uh, Portadown legend and four league title. Who's the only Portadown player to win four league titles? BBC uh, co-commentator. It's Philly Major, is oh, it? Keenan, no. Yeah, Philly Major. Yeah. Philly I thought major. that only because Philly's told me how many medals he has. <laughs> <laughs> so if listen, if it turns out Neil scratching his chin, maybe it is Mickey Keenan as well. Maybe Phillips the oh, outfield player, but I'll just be I'll just be sitting there giggling while Philly Major's talking. You know, I hope he just doesn't tell the same story about being on the plane with the Glenavon players and the pilot making the announcement because I've heard that one at least fourteen times. Like. But no, he, he knows the game inside out and he's good crack. So I'll be looking forward to that one. That'll be a good live stream. You're in very good company there anyway. Yeah, he's a good uh, lad. Yeah. Actually, I remember playing a game at Solitude in 2014. It was an Irish League fan slash legend slash media game. And Philip Major was playing, but he was playing the other team. And um, it was one fan from each club got to play. 
And I remember I was flying down the line and Philip Major came in and I actually thought he's going to bend me here because the way he was coming in. And he actually said, and it wasn't like Michael Galt here the other week, but um, Philip, uh, he didn't. And anyway, the ball went out and he goes, the only thing that saved you there is because you support Portadown. Otherwise, you were going up into the stand. <laughs> and that is like, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> nice. That's, that's a gentleman. If Michael Galt's watching, take note, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, I suppose we can wrap things up there. Um, fingers crossed for two wins, um, obviously, against Cliftonville and Lauren, two very difficult games. Michael, thank you very much once again for coming on the show. Um, it's, it's always a pleasure having you and good luck for the commentary on Saturday. Fingers crossed you'll be uh, commentating on a few goals from Lee Bonus. Lee, if you're listening to this, please keep scoring because I am so close to top place and I want it. So make sure you score a few more goals. Cheers. Maybe, maybe you need to incentivize that for him, Neil. I'll, I'll drop a DM and see what he says. <laughs> Michael, that's a half-five kick-off on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, so looking forward to that. Should be a good game of football. And uh, I look forward to Lee Bonus, you know, pulling the shirt over his head in celebration with a picture of Needle on a vest underneath. <laughs> that needs Here's to happen. <laughs> Dave, as always, thank you very much for coming no on. And uh, I hope you enjoy the games at the weekend. So, as we are. And here, I'll say it again. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The We Are Ports TV YouTube channel and check out the Spotify as well. Cheers, fellas. Thanks, guys. Yeah.